0: god I cannot believe that I'm doing this all right 1-800-274-4499 hello thank you for calling progressive you can speak to me in complete sentences how can I help you report a claim not gonna be all snow a wintry mix is forecast for the listening area There's a first time for everything. Alex Kaufman Wintry Mix Episode sixty five Will Romeo is one of a small crew of riders behind stow based POW snowboards. He's also taken his car to the shop because a minor accident happened when he visited the studio for this interview. He was not at fault. Wintry Mix is MRV, Waterbury, and Stowe locals and visitors. Half skiing, half not skiing. My email is alex at wintrymixcast.com, the insta is at wintrymixcast.com, the pod voicemail is 802-560-5003. Call it. Ask a question. Make a statement. Five-star ratings and reviews help the pod grow, and I'll owe you a beer in the wild. I delivered three beers in the wild last week, mind you. If you'd like to step up from Freeloader, visit patreon.com slash wintrymixcast to toss me a dollar that I'm donating locally on behalf of the pod listeners once we hit 200 bucks. And holy crap, almost 20 of you have done that. Which means I then sent you brand new Wintry Mix podcast stickers. Stand by for the goods. The Wintry Mix podcast is supported by the town and country on the mountain road in Stowe. Lodging, food, drink. Been in there lately? Under new ownership this season, the entirely remodeled bar and restaurant needs to be on your list. Food truck-inspired flavors and ever-changing specials. Warm fireplace and prices that bring in the locals. And you can enjoy Opre without your kids driving you nuts, thanks to their massive family game room. Follow them on Instagram for all the announcements at Town and Country Stow, Town and Country Bar Stowe or visit townandcountrystow.com for all the details or to book a remodeled room you can park right in front of. I'll see you at the town and country. Restaurant parking is in the back.
1: That they reach out to their insurance because they might have them reporting with them or just have them go through Progressive, and then you can give him this claim number, it will be the same for him. And someone with Progressive will be calling
0: him to go for the next steps. We'll stand by. Thank you.
1: Thank
0: you. Have a good day. All right, bye. Okay, so that's a uh, unique beginning to a Wintry Mix podcast episode. Um, I just got off the phone with Progressive because the guest of episode 65. Will Romeo, who's sitting across from me now, I have a sheepish look on my face because my wife uh, pulled out of the garage and hit your car. You're taking it well.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to go with it, man. It's it's going to snow uh, quite a bit next couple days, so I'm just trying to you know keep those vibes going.
0: I want you to be mad at me or something, but you're not being mad enough. I ca- I keep like apologizing, you keep telling me it's okay, and I keep saying like, no fuck you, it's not okay.
1: I'll try my best to be a little bit more mean.
0: Yeah, like get grumpy. All right, so Will shows up. Will from Pow Snowboards. We'll get all into the details here in a minute. But I've never had this happen. I'd hoped this would never happen. Shows up for the interview. My wife pulls out of the garage. Kind of similar timing. Didn't see his car. Backs into his car. Will and I watch it happen. And then, oops, dented the driver's side door. And we're calling progressive. That's where we are. But we've opened some beers to celebrate the situation. Yeah, this is fantastic. I don't even know what these are. I got these today. It's from, you ever seen these before? No, no. It's really good, though. It's from New Hampshire. Eventually, when you've tried all the Vermont beers, you've got to branch out. Okay, episode 65 might end up costing me about my deductible on Progressive. But other than that, Will Romeo, welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. And I was wondering about the pronunciation before you came in. I didn't know if it was Romeo or Romeo, it's just straight up Romeo.
1: I go Romeo. That's what most of my family does, but it kind of depends if you're a telemarketer or work in a grocery store, or just where you are, how you want to pronounce I, I I hear a lot of actual Italians say Romeo, but um, I guess my parents wanted me to be a little more picked on in school for having the last name Romeo.
0: And we've got you in here because POW, I assume I'm saying that right. Yeah. P-O-W-E, it's one of the last things you see and one of the first things you see when you're going to Stowe and coming back from Stowe because you guys have pole position on the mountain road. Yes, sir. Give us the quick elevator pitch when folks are like, well, what's POW?
1: Uh, So we are an environmentally conscious snowboard company. We are uh, trying to make our product with less plastics and toxins and put more natural materials in like bamboo, full poplar core, uh, hemp top sheet, uh, volcanic basalt, sorry, uh, weave in it. So we want to make a more natural board that's also durable and rides well for the East Coast. And those materials just so happen to do
0: exactly what we want. What the hell is a volcanic basalt weave?
1: (sighs) Honestly, I'm not too sure. Our engineer, uh, James Riley, knows quite a bit more about that, but it's uh, supposed to just replace like a carbon fiber weave and uh,
0: super strong. Excellent durability. Just a snowboard in general has like how many layers to it? There's like the core, there's stuff outside the core. Like explain it to me like it's the earth Ooh. from like the middle to the outside.
1: The middle to the outside. So the middle of our board is a full poplar core. And actually in our um, non-full traditional camber model, it's got a little bit of bamboo in it as well. Working our way up from that, we've got the weave in there.
0: So then outside the weave...
1: Outside the weave, we have the inlay of our graphic right on top, so it's all epoxied together, and then we have uh, the hemp top sheet that goes right on that, and that's clear.
0: And this is a Vermont snowboard company. You guys were established when? Uh,
1: 2014. We, all, we started our senior year of college at UVM, uh, so we're heading into our fifth season right now, but we've been around for four total years.
0: Are there any other kind of boutique snowboard brands in Vermont? I mean, obviously you got the big dogs Burton and Rome. Is there are there others, or is it?
1: Oh, absolutely. You have tons of them around here. Um, mountain locals, for one, great people over there.
0: Powder Jets, uh, a few more, tons of boutique ski as well. Right. I'm more familiar with those. I mean, I snowboard maybe five times a year, and I'll ski maybe twenty times a year. So it's just yep. I grew up more on the ski side. I had a Burton Free Five. I did get on a snowboard in like 1986 um, with with the three step three-strap, three, three strap, what were they called, flex bindings or oh, something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. we got to bring those But back. I just, the scene, I always ended up more on the ski side and just kind of aware of the snowboard side but not in it. You guys are moving, you know, how many boards in a year, Ballpark?
1: Uh, so this year we did about 70. We kind of keep it a lower batch. And just to be clear, we're not actually pressing these ourselves. Yeah. This gets made out in uh, Taiwan. We've tried to do it in the States. We did it in Wisconsin and tried in Maine and actually in Montreal. And uh, we just couldn't get the quality that we needed, and we couldn't get them on time. So, unfortunately, we moved uh, out to Taiwan, same factory that Nitro's actually made out of. So, it's top quality production over there, and uh, we just got a better price point. And what we need, you know, we started with not much money, just being college students and scraping some stuff together to get going. So, pressing and manufacturing ourselves is a little bit out of our league right now. So, I see the
0: sign driving up the road, Pow Snowboards. And I see your logo. I see the snowboard. I see people on them. All around this area is Stowe in central northern Vermont, you know, where you guys are focused or you guys are moving product to what kind of footprint? Uh, most of the business I feel like is done in Vermont
1: or, you know, at trade shows like the Boston Snow Show. It's a pretty big deal for us. But we send them out, you know, all over the country. We've tried to get them to uh, Australia and New Zealand. We had a few hits, but shipping's. You know a nightmare to get over there, so right. we're pretty much just in America right now, and uh, you know, mainly, mainly Vermont, and like you said, northern central Vermont. But uh, a lot of that just has to do with because that's where we
0: live and that's where we ride. And your focus within POW is on what side of the business? I mean, there, there's a handful of you guys kind of running the ship, right?
1: Yep, yep. So I am the director of eco programming, as they call me, and uh, basically. I run two initiatives for our company, and that would be uh, the Pow Mountain Project and the uh, Pow Mountain Mentors. And so the Pow Mountain Project is uh, basically a volunteer-based program where we go to mountains like we do it a lot at Bolton Valley, Sugar Bush. Um, we get volunteers to go out there, go into groups, get out on the mountain, pick up trash, bring it back, and then we kind of sort through it and collect data from it. So we can see where point source pollution's coming from, what you know the biggest trends and stuff we're finding is, and we can give that back to the mountain and say, hey, like you know, this is what we're finding. Trash data.
0: Yeah, trash data. So what's in the data? Just like beer cans?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it depends where you go. We've done it mostly, like I said, Bolton and Sugarbush, and that's going to be, um, you know, a lot of cigarette butts, beer cans, like you're saying. Um, but we've done it down south at Wachusett and uh mountain creek in new jersey and
0: probably different trash
1: yeah it was like tons of nips you wouldn't believe the amount of nips bottles we found (laughs) wild but uh mostly it's just small stuff like that and you know one of the biggest tips we give to any mountain is just you know put an extra trash can out at the top of the lift or you know at the entrance to the park and that can make all the difference but there's always a little pushback on that
0: have you ever been to – what's that small mountain next to Hood? Just, I think it's just called – oh, come on. There's Mount Hood Meadows, there's Timberline, and then there's a, a Snow Bowl, Mount Hood Snow Bowl, or whatever it's called. I have never been there. Okay. Well, there's a little mountain um, at a lower elevation next to Hood, and it's a night ski and ride operation. And at the top of one of their primary chairs, before you get off the lift, is a big trash barrel about like right when you bring up the bar down below. So it's like target practice. Yep. yep so I've at heard least that. people, a lot of people miss, but it at least puts all the trash in like a container, diameter area. of
1: 30 feet. Exactly. And
0: people like it and it's fun. And because it's night riding, people are kind of drinking a lot and they actually had it there. And that was, that was 10 years ago. So, so there are resorts that have embraced it.
1: Yeah. And it, I mean, you kind of have to embrace it because it's going to happen regardless. So you might as well be responsible about it and, you know, just keep our areas clean.
0: So cleaning up mountains, um, one of the green initiatives yep. that, that that you're running with, with Powell. And I noticed that kind of the whole eco side of things is kind of part of the brand there. And what what kind of caused that? Is that just because that's what, what you went to school for? Or, or was that a conscious decision? I think uh, just having all
1: been students at UVM, they kind of brainwash you into it. But I was also uh, an ecology and conservation major. So that always had a you know, a part of me in it. And uh, I think that's really where it spurred from. A lot of my classes were outside and forested areas and mountains. And um, you just kind of see all the trash build up after a while. So
0: probably gives you a good way to, you know, partner with mountains or partner with other organizations that, you know, maybe like minded.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's been really great working with smaller mountains like Bolin and Sugarbush, who are really receptive to this kind of thing. And, you know, Sugarbush goes all out and they get like 70 to 80 Employees to volunteer for the day and do it, and it's crazy like how many people show up and how much we can actually remove from the mountain from you know surrounding areas, and you can almost see the difference. So you basically
0: show up and kind of help them run their own green up day. Yeah, essentially. Are your boards you know more aimed towards a certain type of rider?
1: Not really. I mean, we we don't try and do any crazy shapes or anything. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We make a full cambered twin board and uh, combo. Rocker hybrid, um, also twin, which is rocker at the tip and tail, and cambered in between the feet. So, you know, nothing crazy. We're just trying to make something that you can get around on the East Coast real easy, and something that's going to hold up to the conditions we have.
0: And I assume with the numbers you're talking about, you're going direct to consumer.
1: Yeah, um, we also do promotional stuff with breweries like Switchback and Drop-in Breweries. And make boards for them. Um, so it's been a blast.
0: So it's born at UVM, basically. Because yeah. you've got, how many of the folks who are running the show are UVM alums? Four. Because there's a couple of
1: brothers, right? Yeah, two of them are brothers. And then just, you know, homies, good, good friends that we'd always ride with.
0: When you guys decided to start this, was let's have an office at the very top of the mountain road part of the equation?
1: No, no. I mean, uh, at first we didn't even have an office for like two years. We were just doing it. We actually converted the ballroom in our house into an office. So for a while, it was just run out of the house, and then we actually we had an office in Burlington right next to Sticky Brand.
0: I just got my stickers from Sticky Brand.
1: Good people over there. Almost two years ago, we moved out to Stowe, and that's when we found the office on the Mountain Road, and we kind of just switched over to here, and it's been great. Have you guys met the
0: plumber who also has an office there? Uh, I'm sure. What's his name? Tristan. Do you know his first name? I I don't. Okay, but Capital Plumbing and Mechanical. Yeah, yeah, he's my plumber. He's he's rad. Is he? yeah? You should go like go up on the hill with him. Like he's, I can't believe that my plumber also has an office like right at the top of the mountain road. And and on most powder days, you'll see his van, which I'm sure you've probably yeah. seen in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Like he's up there for a reason too. I'll
1: have to slip a note under his door with my contact.
0: Don't be afraid to reach out to that guy. A he's a, he's a cool plumber and he'll show up when you need him. Like I had a big problem in my basement about three years ago. And he rolled up. He didn't even have his van. He just showed up in this, like, Honda. And he's like, oh, you know, we figured it out. I had a toilet problem. We don't need to get into that. (laughs) All right, so let's go in the time machine. First day on the snowboard. Where, why, how, all the stuff. Probably 18
1: years ago at Wachusett in Massachusetts. Are you from the Boston area originally? I'm from Connecticut originally. But uh, I would make day trips up with my dad a bunch. And uh, it went horribly. But I stuck with it.
0: Did you ski prior to snowboarding?
1: Or was I, I the was first a time skier out? before. I was skiing from like three to eight-ish. So I had a feeling of what snow was like, which was good and helpful. But uh, it was
0: not very ideal learning conditions. So that made it tough. Was it the kind of the, the typical a few trips a year and then went to UVM and kind of got addicted to the sport kind of thing? Yeah, pretty much. A lot of people have that experience. Yeah,
1: UVM's uh, pretty good at allowing that opportunity to – Get out there as much as you want. So a
0: few years post-UVM, you guys decide Stowe's where you want to be. But I don't know if you were living together at UVM, but a lot of you guys are living together now is what it sounds like. Yeah, three of us are living together. How does that work? You're working together. You're living together. Is that something you think is going well? How's that? I got to imagine that's got its its challenges. It, it goes
1: pretty well, honestly, for the most part. Uh, we kind of all have the understanding that like business is business, and you know when shit gets heated it's just business. But what does it get heated about? What do you guys argue about? uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say just general.
0: Well, no, you should be arguing. Yeah. It's, it's, you absolutely should be arguing about stuff. Yeah.
1: Everyone's got different opinions about everything and we know that it's better to voice it than to just let that kind of sit under wraps and build up. Uh, So everyone's pretty good and respectful of that. And then, you know, We have meetings pretty often via phone or just all at the office together. So we kind of understand the time and place
0: for business. And, you know, when we're at home, we're just relaxing. If folks want to actually touch and feel a board and you're selling mostly online, uh, but you're, you have an office. People can actually touch and feel it. How like a demo day or what's your what's your method? Yeah, I
1: mean, they can come to the office, pick up a board or, you know, we can set something up with you and just meet you somewhere, set you up with the board for the day and you can go off and just ride it and get a feel for it. We don't we used to do a lot of formal demos, you know, be at a specific mountain on a specific day. But it's just tough to make that commitment to be driving all over the place. So we do it a little more informally now. If you want to demo something, just shoot us an email, info at pow Snowboards, or, you know, I'm Will at pow Snowboards, and we'll get you hooked up for a day.
0: That was one of the questions I actually had from a listener was, you know, what kind of value do you guys get from the Boston Ski Show, for example?
1: Oh, it's awesome. I mean, I don't even – 10,000 people rolled through in a weekend. So it's just – you're seeing fresh faces all the time. And um, that's just an entirely different market also than up here in Vermont. So it's a good way just to get exposure and meet a ton of faces we normally probably wouldn't. Are you guys in a 10 by 10 there? What, what, how much booth space you I think it's a 10 by 10, yeah. Jay Skis is across from us every time, though, so we kind of work out a deal. Oh, where. that's fun. He
0: gets, you're attracting kind of that ski ride, but overlapping. If there was an overlapping ski ride audience, like that would be it. Exactly. The bigger dogs in Vermont, Rome, Burton. Do you guys engage with them at all? Do they engage with you? Is there any interaction whatsoever? No, not really. So, since you are the eco guy for POW, this is a topic that I've struggled with for about 20 years. I want to get your take. Skiers and snowboarders, skiing and snowboarding, probably, especially on resort, probably about the least eco-friendly thing a human can do, a type of human can be. We participate in a sport that requires... I don't know, I'm just going to make it up, more energy consumption per capita than almost anything else you can do as a human. Absolutely. Uh, Grooming, lift ops, snowmaking, and travel. Yep. Just to go, Wee Again and 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 again every single year. Yep. And I love it, but I'm also eco-conscious. I also, you know, vote that way. I also you know, care about climate and all of these things and the science behind all of it. But at the same time, I know that I'm just like, you know, the worst type of human. Starting off with the fact that I'm an American and and, and by global standards, you know, Americans already consume the most. And then you tack on skier or snowboarder. At least I don't travel far. Yeah. But I travel and then grooming and then snowmaking and that energy consumption and what have you. Like, how do we, I've just kind of like embraced this kind of, I guess, I don't know, almost defeatist mentality of like well I know it's a problem at least I'm not a denier Um, but I'm also participating in this thing that is kind of the worst thing you could do a lot but it's super fun and I care about what the how the hell do I make sense of this shit
1: I don't know I think that's kind of one of the inherent things with snowboarding is you're just ultimately doing damage in one way or another no matter what you do so I think it really comes down to just you know daily actions carpool the mountain when you can use a reusable water bottle don't buy the shit food at the resorts because it's too expensive and, you know, got shipped in from so far away. Um, so I
0: think, you know... Embrace it, but do what you can.
1: Yeah, ultimately, you know, donate to people like Protect Our Winters and like you said, vote for the people who are going to do best for your environment and that's where the real outcome is going to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's where I am too. I still just, I find it unacceptable.
1: That's why we kind of focus on these initiatives to get out in the community and, you know... Shape minds and perspectives of how we need to treat our environments and the places
0: we use, you know, almost every day of the year sometimes. So the other program that you mentioned though, the not the green, not the green up day type program, what was other one called?
1: Pow Mountain Mentors, which was actually a program I started at UVM uh, for a senior project. And we worked with the local YMCA in Burlington um, just to get a group of kids out into Centennial Woods, you know, romping around, breathing fresh air, learning about what we can. And uh, we have transitioned that to a program with Crow's Path, which is an alternative education, outdoor education uh, organization in Burlington. Um, And we took that program and we now run it at Bolton Valley for three days where we get kids out on the mountain learning about, you know, survival skills. We do fire by friction, um, learning about winter ecology and uh, shredding
0: a lot. Are you guys able to do this full-time yet? Or is everybody juggling side gigs? We're
1: all juggling side gigs. We'd like to turn it into something where um, it's a little more sustainable and we could focus primarily on that. But right now it's just a passion project. And I mean, well, 70 boards is not a lot of boards. But
0: I don't know. 700? Where would 700 put you?
1: Oh, Oh, I have no idea. Um, Things like the brewery promotions definitely are big for us. Yeah. and we really enjoy those. We do custom boards as well, which run quite a bit more than a regular deck.
0: That That's an interesting niche because, you know, doing them one by one by one by one. The customer service stuff is a, yep. a pain, frankly. The sales and marketing part is a big investment. But if you can get, you know, corporate clients, breweries, what have you, well, I don't know how many they're ordering, but if they're ordering, you know, 50 or a hundred at a time, whatever those numbers are. um, That's a much quicker way to scale with only one sales transaction as opposed to 50 individual. Exactly. Exactly. Is that what kind of, what got you into that side of it?
1: Uh, One of our partners used to work at switchback
0: in the tap room and um,
1: they originally did their promotional boards through Burton, but I don't think they were satisfied not to talk any trash or anything. So they um, decided to go through us and, It's just been working out better. We make them a better quality product than what they were getting. So um, it's a good relationship we have with them. Another company that seems to be uh, run by a lot of younger kids as well, or younger-aged people. So, you know, they're kind of in a similar situation where we're just
0: trying to support people who are supporting us. What's up with the period? P-O-W-E period. Is it a sentence? What's going on there? Um, you know, it kind of just looked good. But we could leave it ambiguous and, you know. It's like declarative. Pow. Snowboards. Is that like if someone was saying it, like, is that like the right way to say it? Like, w- would you say it in two different clauses?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let it sink in on both words there. Yeah. Pow. Snowboards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have you, have you ever thought of it that way or am I the first person to kind of put it that way?
1: I think you just kind of sprung that idea in my mind. I kind of like it
0: that way. Like, with the period kind of makes you want to do that. it's it sits it sits well you got to let it marinate pow snowboards that was a pretty good dramatic pause too okay and is it the origin is i mean it's obviously powder is what you think of but is there some other origin
1: no that's pretty much it we rode smugglers notch for like four years and we're just always crushing powder in the back bowls
0: and you guys don't overthink it, huh? She's like, no. we like powder. Let's name some snowboards after it, and let's put a period on it because it's cool, and then let's live in a cabin in Stowe with all of us together, and we'll have an office at the top of the mountain road, and we'll shred all the time. Did you get out today?
1: No, no, I didn't, unfortunately. I was uh, hiking with the dog. Do you have a local pass, or do you have a full-on uh, actually, pass? I'm blacked out. I'm blacked out tomorrow, I'll be too.
0: hiking somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> We're both blacked out tomorrow. If you weren't eco-man at POW and everything else you have going on, what would you be doing right now? Like, if you didn't go to UVM, and fall in love with snowboarding, where'd your life have taken you? I have no
1: clue. I'd probably be working at a big company back home in Connecticut. Uh, So I'm happy I'm up here in the mountains and enjoying
0: it. (laughs) The two to five year question, are you guys trying to make POW into something that is your full time gig, and you guys are running this awesome snowboard company? Or are you guys kind of always thinking, eh, let's just kind of keep this as like this, this kind of hobby business thing on the side that we do, among other things? Like, what's kind of your two to five year goal? I think
1: ultimately it's to, you know, make a living off of it and be able to focus on it full time without having to worry about, you know, extraneous bills and whatnot. Well, how old are you? 26. Okay. You got a few years to figure
0: that out. I hope so. Yeah. Not like me, mortgage and kids and. All this other junk and buying you a new door on your Subaru because my wife ran into it.
1: That'll happen. Fuck. No, because I was like a little nervous at first. So once that happened, I was like, I can't embarrass myself any more than she already did. So, like, we're set. Let's, let's,
0: get, I got a few more fun things here. Sure. So, are you guys doing anything with the whole split board craze? Is that is that cross your radar at all? I just yeah. I feel like more of those are moving off the shelf.
1: We get asked about that all the time. And it's something we're trying to get into. It's just a little more difficult being a smaller company and not having too much funds to really work with that kind of stuff. But it's it's you know, it's on our radar and it's something we definitely want
0: to get into. Did you listen to episode the Caleb Magoon episode sixty two? I did, I did. Um so they obviously do the diy splits up at power play yep that could be like a kind of cool local angle where like you work with them and people can basically you could he if he got good at splitting a certain type of board that'd be crazy though would sell a brand new board and immediately cut it in half that just sounds weird yeah yeah that's uh sacrilegious yeah something like that. <laughs> all right you ready for the lightning round you've heard of these before. yeah yeah let's do it step in bindings are blank uh... that's your answer That's a good answer. Mad River Glen is?
1: It's all right. It's all right, you know.
0: If folks can only see your facial expression right now. Uh, Your favorite skier? Ooh, Christopher Grant. He's a local. He's going to like that. (laughs) Uh, What's your favorite sandwich? Ham
1: and Swiss with mustard. Lettuce and tomato, obviously.
0: Obviously. Best TV game show? Jeopardy. What's your go-to off-season exercise? Hiking. What's your favorite smell?
1: My boots after a nice long day. Oh, <laughs> nasty.
0: Uh song that you like, but it's kind of embarrassing? Anything by Whitney Houston. Current number one Opre beer? Switchback. You were going to say that just because they're a business partner. No, no, never. Never. Have you tried their new IPA that just came out a little bit ago? Yeah,
1: fantastic. That's pretty good. I, right? I like almost all their beers, so. Yeah, that's my go-to every day.
0: And what's your ATM pin? <sighs> 2424. Two, four. I hope you just lied. <laughs> <laughs> that's my phone screen. I was like, I don't know how he's going to react. Like I don't want him to give me his actual answer on that one. All right, so I'm going to pay for your new car door or my insurance will. I don't know which. Okay. I don't know who puts on new Subaru driver's side. What kind of Subaru is that? Uh, just an Impreza Sport. Impreza Sport. So my wife ruined the driver's side door of the Impreza Sport. I now owe you one of those. Thankfully, you can still drive your car while you wait. Yep. Hopefully, uh, I don't know if Gerlington Garage does it, but Paul, who is on the podcast, I don't know if they do "quote unquote" body work. I don't right? know if they do either. Like difference between body work and interior work. Yeah, I don't think they do either. But if you're listening, Paul, Paul is listening. Please hook it up. Right, or just email me, Paul, and tell me what the hell I should do because this is a problem. So this is the first time we've ever had a podcast interview result in a, I don't know, $800 piece of body work. And maybe I'm underestimating it. I'm hoping it's like $300. I don't even know what my deductible is. Maybe it's 1000 Maybe it's $500. Christ. This is such a shit show. No matter what happens with the car door, maybe this, will, this podcast can result in more than zero sales. Yeah. That, that will be cool. Although... That won't really make up for it. That That's my hope, is that we result in greater than zero sales, PowSnowboards.com, correct? Correct. And can folks just, like, knock on your office door when they're driving by, or is that, like, not cool? Uh, it's usually locked, but uh, if you want to meet up at the office, send us an email. Send an email, and then say, hey, can I check out a board? And then that's more kosher. Yeah, and
1: if you uh, mention Wintry Mix Podcast, we'll give you a little discount there, too.
0: No, just don't even give them a discount freaking retail. You guys are, you guys are value priced anyway. That's, that's true. Yeah. No, no discount. No discount. Just do it. Scratch just do it. it Cause it's, it's smart. Don't mention the podcast at all. And on behalf of the listeners, thank you for coming in. And we're all sorry that my wife dented your car.
1: Thank you for having me. And, uh, hopefully it doesn't happen again.
0: See you on the Hill. You too. And it's rant time. So much weird shit happened in the two weeks between the last episode and this one. That Will from Phoenix character hijacked a dude's bachelor party and milked it for everything it was worth. We were all reminded that a guy from Stowe is somehow banned from all Vale resorts for actions we'll never get the whole truth about. And some guy named Mark wrote an asinine employee memo that ruined a couple powder days at Jiminy Peak. What's my point? You people love ranting about shit on the internet. So mix it up. Call the pod voicemail instead. Let us hear it. 802-560-5003 and let her rip. End of rant. So two of you have decided to be the $5 level on Patreon.com slash Wintry Mixcast, which means you both get shout-outs in the credits in addition to your stickers. Thanks to Taylor from Denver, Colorado, and Peter from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. You guys make the magic happen. Soon, my third Xander Bay depth column will pop out on VTSkiAndRide.com. We're helping each other out. Sign up for free digital subscriptions to Vermont Ski and Ride magazine at VTSkiAndRide.com. And look out for print copies at your local outdoor retailer, bars, coffee shops and such. And if you see someone cruising through Waterbury that ought to get on the podcast, you can likely accomplish that if you tell them to. Tag at wintrymixcast on Instagram and tell them to get on the pod and then they might do it. Or at least then I can bug them and they'll have heard of it already, gives it a better shot. Okay, that's mostly it. Goodbye. After the random AK history deep cut at the end of episode 64, a few of you asked for more of those. So here's another that happened accidentally with Will. Okay, so the POW cabin in the woods. This is really a cabin in the woods? Describe the cabin. It's a cabin. It's made of logs. It's uh, pretty drafty. The windows are old. How did you guys end up in it? Describe to me like how did you the decision point hey let's move into this one
1: of our friends and a rider for us her father owns it but he wasn't living in it he was just renting it out or uh was looking to rent it out to somebody i guess and i kind of just overheard her talking about it and was like cabin in the mountain that sounds awesome
0: is it a long drive from a plowed road or are you pretty pretty access-wise not too bad it's
1: about a mile uphill from uh route 100 you know where uh, mountain view snack bar is i do if you keep driving towards Morrisville, it's about a quarter mile up the road from the snack bar, and you take a right up Mansfield View.
0: Okay, it's not on the stagecoach side, it's on the other side. Correct. Yeah. Um, heated by what? What's your heat source? Kerosene. Okay, so it's and not like wood Some only. small like MPI
1: heater that's in the corner of the house and not in the center of it. Do you have internet?
0: We have internet. Okay. So we have the basic amenities. I used to long ago, long ago in Vale tell tourist girls that I lived off the grid in a cabin because like, that's sounds fun. It, it, it fit the narrative, but in reality I lived in my car. Like <laughs> it, was, it was the, why can't I call you? Why don't you have a phone number explanation? Oh, I live in a cabin off the grid. Here's my pager. Um, that's, and then when people page me then I I drive down the road to the phone, like that's what I would tell people. It was just a lie. Um, so I lived in a metaphorical cabin, but I never actually, that didn't happen. It was just my Ford Ranger. <laughs> oh, I used to have a Ranger. It's like the best car ever to be made. Ever. I abandoned my Ranger actually in Silverthorne, Colorado. I had driven it from Steamboat to Loveland when Loveland was open early. This was my freshman year of junior college and we drove it up, you know, the Eisenhower Tunnel in Colorado, I-70. Yep. And this was before I even had a cap on the back when it was open. I'm driving up I-70 with two people in the back, just exposed to the elements, driving up I-70, the things making noise whack, 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 with every single rotation of the cylinder. And then we got skiing that day, and then we got it back down the hill. And then we got to Silverthorne, and it just went went kaput. And I left it at a dealership in Silverthorne, just broken down, abandoned. And we hitchhiked back to Steamboat, and I left it there. I never heard about it ever again. Not your car, not your problem anymore. I guess so, man. These things just flood back to me when people throw things at me. All right, so the cabin. Three fifths of Pow snowboards lives in the cabin. Correct,
1: and and Ruby, our dog. I guess she's so is it one of the brothers Shawn's or two dog. of the brothers. One of the brothers. The other one lives in Boston. Okay. Yeah. Gotta have a little. I mean, if
0: if the whole group,
1: that'll be too much. Yeah, I've lived in a house with
0: four other dudes and a dog before and it's just too much too many people I hear the garage I hear the garage let's go downstairs and tell my wife that we talked to insurance and it's going to be like $4,000 and just freak her out
1: oh she'll be stoked about that I'm alright sure. we'll go do that right <laughs> now but uh, we do a lot of
0: oh. sorry the cat's going to bug that's you that's
1: alright no he's fine
0: um, sorry where was I just I don't know what we're going to do about him he's literally he really wants up in your business right now
1: animals like me <laughs>